I was, I was leaking from my eyes and my contact, I think my contact was like on a trampoline and it jumped up and folded in the back of my eye and then it flopped back again, thank God. So anyway, what a powerful worship. Um, I'm Jonathan Coleman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. Um, I also want to welcome those who are watching um, online and, and uh, it's just amazing what God is doing and I, I just want to tell you that uh, I just get a sense that um, the Spirit's moving and I'm just uh, honored and privileged to, to serve our Lord here. Um, it's third Sunday of Advent. Turners, you did a great job. Thank you. Um, it's a blessing to hear that. And um, I don't know if you know what Advent means. Um, at our Fresh Expressions outside the church, I, I told people the other day that, um, that Advent is a time of expecting, waiting, preparing our lives for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ and his second coming. We're over 60% of the way through that journey. Can you believe what Mark said? Nine days, Christmas Eve's going to be here. I hope your heart rate isn't going up you know, through that. So, But it's been a wonderful journey for me personally in this Advent season. And um, I have to confess, this Advent, um, my 26 years of ministry, um, I, I have never experience anything like this and understanding the full meaning of salvation and we're digging into that so profoundly and I just feel like it's really good meat to chew on I think of it as like a flame and yawn you know with some crab and some bernays and garlic mashed potatoes and we're chewing on that kind of stuff and you get a side salad anyway but that nutrition is just filling us that we find that our savior is born for our salvation and I think there's many misunderstandings about what, it, what salvation means. And we connect it with being saved as just solely securing a place in the eternal heaven. But salvation is not simply a ticket to heaven. It's so many other things. Abundant life. Healing in the midst of our brokenness. It's good news. And today I want to talk about just... He, he was born to deliver us from sin and death. And God sent his son as a gift to change us in so many profound ways. He was born to bring wholeness and life to us, to remove all hindrances, to, to help us to walk in a redeemed life, lifted up into a life of hope, and a life of understanding the completeness of God's grace and love, and we can't settle for anything less than all of God's will for our lives in the full completeness of his salvation for us. The first Sunday of Advent, we experienced uh, Jesus Christ came to bring new good news. The salvation is available to all people. Love Charlie Brown Christmas, man. Linus, Charlie's like, Can anybody, or Charlie's like, kids, anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? Linus gets up on stage, bing, spotlight on him, a mic drops his blanket, and says, For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, one who saves us. Last week, Pastor Mark and Roland and Pastor Putman, Marky Mark there, they, they discovered a part of our salvation and helped us discover that our salvation in Jesus Christ brings forth healing he touched the blind, the lame, even the unclean lepers, the deaf, the mentally unstable, 
And he brought forth healing to them and sent them and launched them into a way of life that they were never the same. Made well mind, body, and spirit in that journey of wholeness and holiness. We here in this time of year, we were once in darkness, but we've been delivered into God's marvelous light. And then he sent his son as a savior of the world. And he was born to die for our salvation. And because of his death and resurrection, we find that we are saved from sin and death and ushered into the gift of eternal life. Folks, Jesus Christ came to deliver us from many, many things. I have uh, Operation Dry Mouth going on today. So, but I want to read to you, and if you want to close your eyes and just receive this scripture, because Isaiah saw it, and I just think of Isaiah just writing this down as, as the, the Spirit of the Lord guided his hands, and he saw what God was going to do through the Messiah. He says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised weed, reed he will not break. And the faintly burning wick he will not quench. And he'll faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out earth and what it comes from, who gives breath to people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord your God. I called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. And I'll give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open up the eyes of the blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. And we hear that from this prophet, and it is about our Messiah, our deliverer, strong, mighty in Jesus Christ. And he showed that. And Isaiah heard it, and he saw God do that in his promise. Thought about the exodus, and thought about Noah, and the deliverer is going to come in a way in Jesus Christ that's going to be for all the world, and his spirit can be poured out upon all flesh. And so that's a prophecy we have on this Thursday, or Thursday, third Sunday of Advent. You see, salvation is about being saved from evil. We see that in the world. Obstruction, sometimes that can block what God wants to do. And we hear this in the proclamation of the incarnation about God putting on flesh. I love John 1. In chapter 1, St. John, and I love how Eugene Peterson describes, he says, everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life. And the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and darkness could not put it out. The life light was the real thing. And every person entering life, he brings into the light. And when we say yes and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he becomes the light of our world and the whole world. 
And we become light in him. And we demonstrate us through the fire that burns within us. In our actions, in our attitudes, in our words, as we've been delivered from sin and death. And we know the truth of the freedom of our salvation. And we become sons and daughters of God. People of light, chosen by him. He calls us to live in this strong deliverance. I remember in 1995, a song came out uh, that I just absolutely adore. And I was writing this message, and it just popped into my mind. And it's by DC Talk. And uh, I know millennials are like, what are you talking about? But it's from the Jesus Freak album. And at Asbury, uh, I, I was a part of the Ichthus ministry there in the mid-90s, and I would, I would drive the bands from their hotels to Ichthus, and I got to meet a lot of these incredible people. And, and it's just so amazing. And, the, and this song just really just grabbed a hold of me back then. It was called In the Light. I love these lyrics. I keep trying to find a life on my own apart from you. I'm the king of excuses. I got one for every selfish thing I do. What's going on inside of me? I despise my own behavior. This only serves to confirm my suspicions that I'm still a man in need of a savior. Then the chorus goes, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heavens. Oh, Lord, be my light and be my salvation. For all I want to do is be in the light. And then he keeps going. The song keeps going. The disease of self runs through my blood. It's a cancer fatal to my soul. Every attempt on my behalf has failed to bring this sickness under control. I was talking to the other day to one of our uh, young people, and I said, you know this song, you know, texting? And she's like, I never heard it before. And I said, I'm going to burn you a CD. And <laughs> I did that to her. It's, it's, where, where are you at? Sophia. <laughs> and I talked about this CD by Jennifer Knapp, and I said, I'm going to burn you that CD. And she goes, what do you mean, this album? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm still in the 80s. I need to be delivered from the 80s and 90s. Anyway, but this testimony, it's just, it's incredible, and it became a part of my testimony there, that Jesus desires to save us out of that darkness and deliver us from evil, and we pray that, don't we, in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, and he taught us to pray that. You know, I don't know what you, how you see or visualize evil. I was a kid, I remember the first time I was introduced uh, to the devil, the word devil, um, was my aunt had this Flip Wilson doll. You guys can Google that too. <laughs> and you'd pull the string on this Flip Wilson doll, and it had a recording in it, and it goes, the devil made me buy this dress. And I, I remember, I don't know if I asked my mom or my aunt, I was like, What's the, who's the devil? And how do you explain that to a six-year-old? And... We think about that evil. And I want to tell you today, because I've seen it firsthand, there is an enemy. There's an enemy that influences, that tells lies, that deceives, and causes casualties. St. Paul writes this in Ephesians 6, 17. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And folks, there's an enemy that's trying to kill and destroy. And Jesus came, I, I've come, you have life. This enemy comes to kill and destroy. And kill relationship. Kill family systems. Community, unhealthy community injustices. Even at times attacking churches very strategically and pastors and lay people. And I've seen it firsthand. And it comes from those schemes. It comes from the pit. When I move into a community, uh, I usually go to the local funeral home. And I ask the director if I can be on their call list to do uh, funerals for people who don't have a pastor. And um, I got a call from a local funeral home. And he said, Jonathan, um, we got this funeral. Uh, it's in the evening. Can you do it? He didn't say anything about it. And I said, yes, I, I, I'm available and I'd love to serve. And I, I always go there um, to preach the gospel and to bring comfort and, and proclaim the promises of God to those people who are in grief and sorrow. And they were in that, that night. The funeral was for a professional escort, a prostitute. She owned a liquor store in Louisville. And she used to be from this area, so her body was brought back. And she was driving, or not driving, but a passenger in a car and I don't know all the details, but she didn't have her seatbelt on, and it was in an accident, and she was ejected through the windshield and died. I walked into this place and, and just looked around. These people were in, the, in devastation, and, and I just felt a sense that there was just a lot of brokenness, not exactly about what happened to her, but just a brokenness that people were we're under just these influences and trying to self-medicate and numb to that brokenness with things and drugs and alcohol and other things. And, and I just got that. I sensed that there. And my heart was hurting before them because I knew that there was havoc caused. And it, can't, it does come from these schemes and lies. And Jesus wants us to deliver us from these evils of the enemy. And it happens through his death on the cross. It covers us. It protects us. It delivers us. And it's a part of what we're talking about. We fully understand why he came to do his ministry, become Messiah, and deliver us. God loves you, and he wants you to be free. Freedom in him. And when... This enemy or the world keeps people captive to a lie or to the stronghold. There can be harm done to their physical, their emotional, and spiritual health. And Jesus wants us, it's his will for us to live in that freedom. He came to deliver that and eradicate those lies and replace it with God's truth. In 1 John 3, 8, it says, The reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus wants Nothing more than for us to accept his gift of deliverance and the fullness of his salvation. You see, these lies can come from many sources. Abuse from someone imposing their will upon us because they believe the lie from the enemy or the world. A lie can also develop from an untruthful belief about God. It causes distrust 
to, in, in God and distance ourselves from the one who can give us eternal life and deliver us. A lie can come from the choices we have made outside of God's will because of those deceptions. False statements. You have to look a certain way, act a certain way, perform a certain way, and, and words can come up in our brains, and our self-talk becomes very destructive to our self-worth. I believe the world is without the Lord Jesus Christ can just be deceived in those things. This morning, I'm convinced by God, and I woke up, and I was terrified. I told my wife, and I was shaking. I said, you, you notice there's no slides. And I called an audible. I said, if I'm going to preach on deliverance, being delivered by the, a Savior, i got to talk about my own inner healing and deliverance. Several years ago, I was appointed to a church. To make a long story short, there was just some, just some toxic things going on and at the time I was an Air Force Reserve chaplain and a senior pastor of a multi-staff and it was a pretty large church. I was trying to balance my life as a reserve chaplain while being that senior pastor and um, a couple times in the fall when we were preparing for our stewardship and doing nominations and trying to fill people who were gifted in those slots to serve in leadership I got a couple calls from, the, from Wright Patterson to, to be the chaplain for a couple people who had committed suicide. And when you're put, put, on, order, you're put on orders for a week when that occurs, and, and I just, the work-life balance was just a wreck. And I began to get burned out. And I didn't take care of myself in a healing way. And I began to just really experience a lot of pain and suffering. And Jonathan wasn't Jonathan. And eventually I found that I, I was just so depressed and broken. Finally, I went to, the bishop called me, said, get up here. And I got up there because my marriage was falling apart. My life was falling apart. And he said, what's wrong, brother? And I just poured everything out to him. And uh, he put me on leave of absence, paid, thank God, for four months. And I uh, said, we're going to get you counseling. We're going to save your marriage. You're going to heal for a time and a season. And it was tough, my friends, but it was part of God's plan. And so through counseling and, and other things that occurred, that healing did come. When I was appointed here a year and a half ago, uh, we were going through a series in the spring called Kill the Spider, and I read that book, and I, I, everything about it was just directly ministering to me, and our staff was just incredibly harmonized, and they were ministering to me, and we were ministering to each other, and I tell you what, in that, I had inner healing from what occurred there. I was delivered. And over a past year of being a part of this church, I've experienced that. From that sin maybe opposed upon me and my, my behavior, my decisions, and my reaction to it. And it wasn't instantaneous. 
And God called me. He said, Jonathan, I want you to go deeper in understanding these things so that you can help others. And I enrolled at Xavier. And God led me to get my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And I want to get licensed as a counselor and have it come alongside of me. And God's done incredible work. And my call here, my call's just been transformed through that healing and deliverance to where I get to do ministry outside the church through fresh expressions. I could have became a casualty of what occurred, but the deliverer came. He came. You know, God helped utilize this environment, this atmosphere to heal and let me discover, and I get to live out my calling. I don't know if you guys know my favorite hymn is And Can It Be. Charles Wesley. And I just identified with this third verse in And Can It Be, and I think I probably have quoted it here maybe twice. You're like, man, he's quoting that verse again. But it goes, long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. My friends, God desires to deliver us together and you personally from that which does not belong. No chains. Sin and death has no reign over you because the work of Jesus Christ. And he wants you to walk in that freedom to redeem you and give you a hope that's everlasting. And that is God's will for you. A Savior is born is Christ, the King. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, uh, we give thanks for you and what you're doing here in the work of Anderson Hills. You desire for us to experience your revival. And that can happen through our salvation, which means so many things. God, you desire to deliver us through your strength and might to work in us in that inner healing where these things don't have power over us. God, I pray for these people that I love, you love. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and deliver. Amen.